House Civis Broadcasting. I'm your host, Silas DeCivis. And I'm your host, Luffy Haskell DeCivis. Today is the 13th of Xanatir and a beautiful farm. And we want to thank you for stopping in, listening, and enjoying this broadcasting of a Chronicle of Echoes. It is another robust day out there, another cold snap this week. How have you been faring? So I'm thinking Winona is a good name. For what? We were talking about it. My new kitten? Why, why Winona? I don't know. I just think it's a Winona. Winona. It's a good name. Well, maybe you should name it Cold Snap or something focused in on the weather that we're currently talking about. That sounds like, like a grumpy turtle name. It actually does sound like a crumpy turtle like cold snap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, it, has Winona been dealing well with the cold? She's really fluffy. You should come over and see her. So she's really, like, fuzzy. So she's got these little teethers up top. They, like, scoop out like this. What, vampire fangs? No, no. Like, more like, haven't you ever seen, like, an elephant? Like a little baby elephant? Like tusks. Yeah. The cat has tusks? Yeah, she's got little teethers. Have you thought that perhaps the cat that you received from the anonymous gentleman from last uh, last year is in fact some sort of plant, a fiendish monster? A <laughs> plant? No, she eats meat. Little bits of chicken and tuna. Well, how do you know she doesn't grow into, you know, the size of a mountain? I've no idea, but I'm really excited to find out. Hey, how about that news? I've got a story. Oh, good. This in, I'm going to call this, I'm, I'm going to call this gossip news. That's not news. That's. I think we all remember a few months ago. It, oh my gosh, it's been a few months, hasn't it? How the time flies. Uh, Baron Arctus Ursanus, the uh, Braylish Baron who moved to Sharn recently. I, I do, yes. of course. I, I, it took me a minute. I remember. Go ahead. Uh, so he did something rather spectacular this week. I'm going to take a guess bear related. No. I, I mean, let me let me, let me me read of my course, paper. My, my apologies. It just felt like perhaps that gentleman was a one-trick bear. Ahem. So the baron was walking up to Tavik's market. You know, that big ramp that leads up to the market proper? Yes. So he was following uh, quite a ways behind a big cart. And right into the cart got to just the top of the ramp. The pony spoop. Reason we, we do not yet know, but the harness decoupled from the cart and the cart went speeding down the path. So the Baron, intent on stopping the cart, jumped into its path, only to find himself thrown into the cart. Oh no. So the Baron's a proper adventurer, right? So he has a bunch of vials of, like, different alchemical stuff. You know adventurers. They always have weird stuff on them at any given notice. Generally a stolen. So he had what they call instant ice. I guess it's like a vial of stuff you pour and then it gets icy. Well, how, how is that going to correct the issue that's going on? So, so in, he my head, in my head, the cart's going down the ramp. Yeah. He's in the ramp. Or he, I'm in, in the, the cart. cart. He's in the cart. So he tries to pour it onto the wheels, I guess, to, like, lock them up to make them stop. That... 
he accidentally poured out chemical grease on them. He got the vials mixed up. So now the cart's going even faster than it was. And he's having to take, you know, all those steep and sharp turns in Tavik's Landing, you know, as you're going from, yes, from middle to lower, just all those steep, sharp, sharp turns. And so he's like, oh, man, I've got something else that might be able to work. He tosses that vial in front of him. The alchemical ice. It's the alchemical ice. So now you've got greased wheels on, on ice. an ice road, and he's going even faster. So he's picking up more speed, and he gets well into lower Tavik's landing when he's finally unable to take a quick turn and the cart barrels its way off of a balcony and he lands i kid you not 10 feet in front of the house orion enclave in terminus doesn't hit a single person perfectly fine now the guards and a few eyewitnesses said that he was covered in furs because it was a fur salesman and when he stands up, everybody's like, that's one angry bear. I knew but there was a bear joke, yeah. takes off the furs, and it's just him underneath, you know? So, I've the got... Baron no, has no, no, paid oh, there's more. Good. for damages to not only the cart, but also all damages done to property, including, but not limited to, from what I'm told, broken clotheslines, accidentally stolen chickens, broken fruit and vegetable stands, and he had to apologize to one woman's family saying that he, quote, didn't mean to sweep her off her feet, unquote. I'm beginning to question whether or not this Baron or Sanus is a real person. I am going to, have you been writing the stories, Luffy? There were several House Orion guards and Enclave members who saw this happen we have eyewitness reports. If you are listening currently and you saw this incident with Baron or Sanus or any of the other ones that happened, please contact me directly. I would like some verification out there in the world. Why would I make stuff up? He's been invited to the teen gala before. He's like, he's like big. He's like, really, he's huge. You know what? Then we'll invite him here. We'll have him in and he can discuss all of his bear related exploits with us. I don't think, okay, he's had, what, one bear-related exploit? Okay, two. But this one's not bear-related. People just said he looked like a big, angry bear. It all seems very suspicious. No? No, I'm trying to think of another one, and it's really making me angry that I can't outpun you right now. Why don't you read the next news article, Silas Meanyface DeCivis? That's right, I know your middle name. I use a stage name. And that's not the middle name of my stage name. I do have an article here from a more reliable source, the Shard Inquisitive. Oh, we're lying today, okay. As I was saying, article here from the Shard Inquisitive. According to the article, a Morgrave University team led by antiquities professor Casimir Irtanen announced on Weir that they decoded the Code of Varrock, a puzzle that has long fascinated cryptographers, linguists, and historians for countless decades. Now, the code was created more than 5,000 years ago by a dragon of the same name, and inscriptions have been found across various runes throughout Corvair. The key to cracking the code, according to Irtanen, was accumulating Corvair's large collection of antiquities related to it. Morgrave University used its own researchers, expeditions from the Wayfarer Foundation, and independent explorers to copy or acquire examples of all inscriptions written by Varrock. According to Yartanen, the runes were found in places like the Lost City 
of Haradni off the coast of Kabar, ruined mines of blaze gold in the Maror holds, and the seals of Aladrash in the shadow marshes, each of those giving extensive information on the code itself. There is one mystery remaining, though. Why the code of Varak resisted divination magic? According to Ertanen, they deployed all sorts of divination, but even efforts to commune or contact other planes didn't get them anywhere while deciphering it. In the end, it came down to brute force, cartography, and the extraordinary ingenuity of his team. Now, this may seem like exciting news to some, but there are mixed reactions amongst the academic community. Atheron Habelstadt, the history professor at the University of Kornberg, called the effort to decrypt the code typical Morgrave irresponsibility, and was quoted as saying, We know so little of Iraq, but we do know this. It trapped or killed a lot of strange monsters from far-off dimensions. Now that anyone can read the inscriptions, what's to keep tomb robbers from opening a bunch of mystic seals and unleashing the horrors that the world hasn't seen for thousands of years? An interesting take on that. As the being that taught, you know, the, the druids in the Eldine Reaches, their druidic magics, it would be interesting to see if those creeds have changed over time. There's any more we can glean from their teachings. Do we have any other news? I don't believe so. Um, we do have a bit of uh, cleanup from last week. Oh, okay. And then we can do a Luffy's Asks. Sounds good to me. Okay, uh, very quickly. Due to us mentioning both Clifftop and Deathgate guilds during last week's broadcasting, I have been petitioned by another guild to mention them this week. So I shall read this statement from them. The Coronesti Brothers Adventuring Company is having a recruitment drive and has pushed back dues until 999YK for all new adventurers. So come on down. Join the guild voted number one in Sharn's best up-and-coming guilds out of the middle wards in 994YK. Why follow the pack? When you could be a sea back. Signed, Luton Coronesti, Coronesti Brothers Adventuring Company. Is a sea back a type of fish? I think they meant sea bath. Well, it's sea, are they the sea, ones... sea B-A-C, so it's yeah. sea back, so I would imagine. Are they the ones with the fish? Because that would make sense. I think, like, I thought turtle immediately, like. Sea. Oh, like a sea back turtle. I don't know if those. I, I don't know anything about turtles. I don't know. I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with aquatic creatures at all. Just that you know, cold snaps a good. Name oh, for a, a, turtle. a turtle name, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe pulling maybe it right yeah, back absolutely. around. Look at maybe that. Maybe it's it, it's uh, fate today. Hopefully, they are turtles. If not, I'm gonna just assume they're a turtle guild. Hey, uh, how about you read me one or two Luffy's ask? Dear Luffy. A friend of mine is spending all their time at Fantasy Unlimited. The staff there are starting to get worried about them, as are the rest of our friends. I think they're trying to remember the good times with their adventuring company after they came back from Stormwitch alone. Is there some way we can help them remember there's a real world out there full of people who love them? Interventions don't work. A lot of people think that they do. Sitting a person down in front of all of their friends and or family and saying, hey, you've got a problem. Let's try and fix it together. Because all that's going to do is it's going to enforce the idea that what they're doing wrong or the issue that they're doing or having is 
more okay. It, it's kind of, it does the opposite thing from what people think it does. You and your friends should build a network around this, this harmed party. You should help him realize that his company's gone. However they left him, however that happened, and it's okay. And that he needs to feel that grief in order to be able to move on. Well, I, I think that someone needs to talk to him. He probably needs a helpful ear to listen. It's hard when you go through horrible things in other places, especially losing members of your adventuring party in far-off locales and not getting that sense of closure that comes with the way the world naturally is. So for any of you that are dealing with loss, like a lot of people are, why don't you reach out to your friends? Why don't you reach out to one of the many wonderful therapists here in Charn? Maybe talk about your grief for a little bit. And always remember that House Jurasco is always available to help heal wounds both visible and not visible. That's House Jurasco. Health, help, hope. Dear Luffy, my little girl heard you talking about your wyvern stone and has latched onto her own wyvy stone. Can you tell me where you found yours? I found my wyvern stone uh, in the bazaar. There is a giant owl in the bazaar in the Dura Towers. Uh, you know, the bazaar. <laughs> and this owl has a little shop and he has pre-painted wyvern stones. He's got unpainted wyvern stones. He's got little accessories for your wyvern stones. Uh, it's pretty easy to find him. Any of you out there who have wyvern stones... Uh, we've talked about them before. You should go ahead and in the comments that we have, the little comment pads, why don't you tell me what you named your wyvern stone? You, you know, it would also be a nice treat if people were to send us portraits of the wyvern stones directly to us here at House Civis through our gnome mail system. I think that would be nice. I think so, too. Put them up here in the office. We actually had someone do portraits of us recently and send those in. And oh, I really enjoyed so that. Nice. It was nice seeing. Yes. I'm concerned how they got my likeness through the Echoers. I'm fairly certain that I have not met that person. And you know that they have our portraits over at the Enclave, right? No. Regardless, send us your Wyverstone pictures at House Civis Echoer Station at gmail.com the com is for communication because you're communicating to us and the g is for gnome what, what do you say we get on to the next luffy's ask so that way we can move on to our guest of course dear luffy i'm struggling to get a start as a playwright in town i'm determined to go it alone but no theater will even give my scripts a try should i swallow my pride and sign up for house fiarlin signed theoretical thespian theoretical thespian it's really hard to make a break here in sharn unless you've made a break somewhere else i understand not wanting to sign one of house fiarland's contracts because then you're kind of limited to the topics that they want you to write under but if you get big enough in house fiarland you can write just about whatever you want you do have a few other options. Your first option, and honestly, your worst option, is just to start writing plays and start hiring people and putting those plays on. 
there might be a few theaters, small though they may be, that will take your play simply because you're not House of Yarlin and you're not, they're not going to have to pay House of Yarlin fees. Your other option though is to travel to either Fairhaven or to Stormreach. Stormreach is known for its avant-garde theatrical performances. There's this one guy in, in, in Stormreach that pretends to do a blood sacrifice at the end of every show. I've heard that it's really gory and scary, but people love it because it's so not what you would expect at a House Fjarlund show. So if you can make it in Stormreach and then decide to bring one of your shows here back to Sharn, you can make it in Sharn. Of course, you'd have to make it in Stormreach first, which sounds like it could be easier, but it also could not be easier because you'd have to pay all of the fees to actually move everything to Stormreach. Before we get on to our interlude of music and our guest, I would like to reach out to everybody listening and just say, Hey, thank you for listening. But also, if you walk on over here to this Echoer device that you're listening at, you will notice on either side of the Echoer device a cool little guy in a red crushed velvet suit. That's our subscribe. If you talk to our subscribe, then you will get notifications about when we are putting out new echoes. You'll get extra information as well. Also in front of our subscribe, you will see our details panel. That's gonna tell you everything about each and every single echo, uh, including little tidbits of information and where you can find more information about what we're talking about. And to the person stealing our details panel from the Civis messaging station in Clifftop, please stop. That is costing us 10 copper every time you do it. Yeah, that's a thing that happens more often than we want to admit. So, and then there's also a little comment pads where you can make comments, you can doodle little things like hearts and thumbs and smiley faces, and we like seeing those. We, we do. As long as they are positive and upbeat messages, we are absolutely excited about them. Yeah, please don't write negative things or things that are considered not okay for children to look at. Also, we understand that from time to time while we are broadcasting, we will make mistakes. They say things incorrectly. I have a tendency to doublespeak sometimes because of a stutter. All of those, we, we, we appreciate that you are commenting on and pointing out, uh, but just understand that uh, sometimes you forged instead of forged. I am doing my best. It's new to the vocabulary. I'm really trying. So throughout all of the message stations here in Sharn, we do have our own messaging kiosk. So a lot of the message stations have these. It's a place where you can get different quests if you're an adventurer. It also has like the messages coming in from different stations that are being left there open to everyone to read. You can find them just about everywhere. But we do have our own House Civis Echoer messaging kiosk. Mm -hmm. It is called CivisEchoerStation.com. The com this time is for community. And then, of course, uh, in addition to that, if you look at the detail panel located in, you will find the information on our collaboration with House Kundrak, our Patreon here company. That detail panel will tell you what Patreon is. And, of course, we want to thank our newest two patrons, Hyperlexic and Tomaturgy. That's... Oh my gosh, we met one finally! 
Well, this is all one name, and it's T A M, Tama Tamaturgy. I'm, I'm gonna count it as a Tom Aturgy. What kind of? That's that's an hyperlexic, an unusual name as well. Maybe they're Kalashtarin. It could be. Uh, I'm, I'm, hey Meeps, how about you hit us with that cool music? Civis Broadcast. And welcome back. Today we have a very special guest here to discuss Rebirth Eve and the Silver Flame. I would like to introduce uh, Shimmerwind, the uh, wing word. Wing weird. Oh, wing weird? Well, yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's not a huge deal or anything. I just, it, the Silver Flame puts names on you and titles and stuff, and whew, it's a big deal. I can I can understand that. You, you definitely don't want to be called something. I'd only ever seen it written, so I, I wasn't sure. You don't appear to be a typical worshiper of the flame. I would not have expected, uh, for, for I guess, uh, Shimmerwind is a gargoyle, which I... Uh, which I was surprised. I, I didn't realize that there were many worshippers of the flame who were from Drome. So, yeah, most gargoyles you know are, are from Drome. Many of my kin are from Thrain itself. Just when the Silver Flame was created, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the, the one in Thrain, of course, it kind of changed a lot of us into uh, wingwards. Um, a lot of us that were guarding already sacred places and things like that, um, we, we just really like to chill out around those uh, cathedrals and churches and so on. Me, personally, I remember my time when I was touched by the flame. It just turned out I, 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 was, I was a regular flying, sitting down gargoyle one day, and then the next day I was uh, serving the silver flame. And and how long ago was that? Oh, I'd say maybe like 200, 250 years ago. Well, that is a long time to serve in the flame. So before that, did you have this unique coloration with the light here and the silver specks? Was that when you became touched? Did, did it actually change or did you have to undergo a process in order to? Yeah, so, you know, most most gargoyles are, you know, real rocky, gray skin. Um, my Me and my kind, uh, lots of metallic skin colors obviously you can see my beautiful silver glow and uh of course these bright yellow clothes that i have sewed myself i am a master sewer oh yeah i was definitely looking at uh, at your clothing you you've got some really really neat patterns there some very interesting choices a lot of flamish designs i can see mm-hmm. yeah i'm told uh hu- humans and gnomes and and stuff really like this kind of thing. I don't know if that's uh I read that I read that anyway. Well, do you like that kind of thing? Is that something that you're partial to? Oh, you know, I mostly care about people. I I've been writing this novel series that that has yet to be picked up but totally will soon. Uh and it's about these two people that are in love and at least based on my research of human relationships, it, it seems to be pretty good. Has not been bought yet, but that's not 
it's not important right now. Well, I'm sure Aluthi would love to read something like that. She is a fan of uh, different types of novels. Perhaps you'd take a look through and see. I would be happy to. It is very difficult to master writing human love. They they live for such a short time that they mm-hmm. they live in a love in a very different style than most other races. Well, my my friend, this uh, paladin Thales, gave me some tips. She said, uh, "Don't keep it too basic. Keep it very interesting. So it's not just humans. It's one human woman, a very nice girl who's attending Arcanics, and." She meets this fabulously mysterious, interesting vampire. Ew. Oh, that um, I, I don't, I don't know that that's an appropriate relationship to uh, write about, uh, especially as a so, member um, of the flame. Yeah, keep going. Ca- not... Tell me a little bit more. Well, so not everyone says it's okay, but you know, the silver flame preaches mercy and compassion and kindness, and really, what uh, Miss Thorne believes is that she can um, she can redeem everyone, even this vampire. And also, well, my, my friends have told me that it might not be too interesting yet, so I'm kind of thinking about um, adding in maybe a third werewolf love interest. Ooh, I think that that would be really, really good, because then you can have, like, like, which one will she love and is it okay to love a werewolf because you know the different issues with that and then you know i mean at least a werewolf will live the same time as her whereas like a vampire they they live forever and then like ooh, that's really interesting so is that is that what you do for a living uh, writing novels oh well uh, this is just a hobby i'm afraid for a living as with many wingwords, I go on many missions for the Silver Flame. Uh, most of my friends are about just delivering things, being messengers of the Silver Flame. Um, but you see, I have a partner in crime named Thalys Moonblade, and um, she she and I go on a lot of a lot of missions for the church. Well, let, let's talk about that instead of uh, the books. Let, let's talk about the Silver Flame. Tell us. Uh... What is it you do for the Silver Flame? Um, so, like I said, a lot of wingwords do a lot of messenger work. But Thales and I, we go around and we smite evil because she is a Templar of the Silver Flame. I don't really do that. I'm more of a um, a lookout, kind of like a scout. Sort of like her um, her lookout whenever she's doing anything dangerous, you know? Everyone should have someone to assist them on various missions. So it's good that you're there. Um, let, let's discuss the flame. Uh, t- tell us about the flame itself. For our listeners out there who are not worshipping of the flame, uh, t- tell us about the tenets of the religion. Tell us about the origins. I know Tira Mirren. I just don't know who Tira Mirren is. I understand that she's important to the church, but beyond that, I'm not 100%. Yeah, so it's really interesting because a lot of wingwords I know knew Tira Mirren when, when she created the silver flame in flame keep and um so they don't really know her personally but we all have a really deep connection to her in our hearts um it's very warm and inviting and and how does that relate to your day-to-day life uh, specifically when it comes to the host how, how is the silver flame different than the host oh well we of course in thrain of course we love other 
religions except for the blood of all those guys are kind of creepy and i don't really like them that much but um the sovereign host is just fine you know Tiramiron herself was a paladin of dolora which just meant you know she still wanted to fight evil and that's kind of what we're all about you know just having the will to fight evil or sometimes if you can just cure it because you know there's evil in the hearts of of people and the only way you can cure that is with mercy and love so as you've just touched on tiramiran was a paladin of dolora doesn't that just mean that the silver flame itself is an extension of the sovereign host Oh, well, I don't think you would say that if you just, you know, came to Flame Keep and saw the Silver Flame itself. It's a big old flame. And um, I, I don't know if you've been before, but I've been to Flame Keep before. And, and you know, when, when Jayla talks, you know, when the voice speaks with Tira Marone's voice, it's just, uh, it's a very enlightening feeling. It's a very warm inviting you know she's like she's like little this tall she's like um a little shorter than you guys even i'm sorry if this sounds like a really weird question but i see a lot of gargoyles just like standing around like on roofs and stuff is that boring oh well it's great that you ask uh, a lot of people ask this about gargoyles actually and in droam what they say is uh, they have a word for it even it's called kazamor I don't really speak goblin myself, but um, a lot of the wiser wing words do. And it, it's called, it's, it kind of literally means watching the stones grow. Me personally, I love perching up on a roof and just watching people, you know? It's, they go in and out of buildings. They kind of fight and talk amongst themselves. The other day I saw an argument and just wrote it down because I was like so interested about what was going on so it's kind of like bird watching let's let's uh focus back in on uh on rebirth eve that that, that is a holiday specifically celebrated by the flame and i have no idea what it is the rebirth eve is one of our most one of my most favorite holidays because everyone gets together and sometimes um if it's like thalus's family they fight a lot and in the arguing and well okay but that's not really the point of the holiday the, the point of the holiday is Everyone holds spiritual vigil and guards against evil. And um, even when they fight, they kind of, you know, they everyone puts their, their anger and their animosity aside and their nationalism, and they, they kind of join together in, in kind of fighting the evil together. You know, it's, a, it's kind of a celebration of our determination and our faith in the flame. As someone who has a limited family as well, I can understand the joy in seeing other people argue with theirs. Yeah, well, it's not really... I guess it's, it's a lot of just people watching again. So a lot of holidays, for example, Baker's Night, it's been kind of co-opted by followers of the host. How do you feel about people that don't share your faith celebrating in your holidays? Well, the great thing about the Silver Flame is that it's open to anyone from the Sovereign Host. If they want to be worshipping Boldre or Dolora, they can do that while also believing in the Silver Flame in their hearts and fighting evil wherever they can. So, you know, anywhere where mortality triumphs over evil, 
that's what the silver flame's great at. And, and you don't feel that these outsiders of the faith coming in and celebrating your holiday is disrespectful? Oh, no, not at all. You see, I, we wingwards, we're sort of ambassadors to everyone else. And as long as everyone knows to be vigilant and stay at an arm's length from evil that may arise, whether it's from people or from supernatural creatures like demons, then it's good because ultimately the Silver Flame is about fighting evil. So, Shimmerwind, mm -hmm. Mr. DeCivis and I are in a bit of a contention point. He Ooh. says that they're not real, but I say that they are, and the reason why they're real is because the Silver Flame never saw them as evil. What is your view on were pigeons. Oh, were pigeons. Okay, so I do have a little bit of a secret. When I was first awakened by the silver flame, it was kind of just after the lycanthropic purge. So I don't really know that much about it. But that's when I met up with Thalys, and she fought all kinds of were creatures. So I guess my answer to that is apparently she's seen like. All, all kinds of weird were creatures before, so maybe if they get little, I, I don't know. I've seen like drawings in Silver Flame books and stuff sometimes, and um, there's sometimes birds with real big arms. And it has been an absolute delight getting a different perspective on the flame than Bishop Sarhain. We love the bishop and we're thankful that she comes in all the time, but it is nice to hear from other people. Have you ever met her? She's really nice. She's I think pretty. I do know her. I think we met at like a ball or something. Hmm. She was, came with a little um, cinnamon roll of a friend. She's the thing. She's the thing. The one. I mean, that, it's mine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's why you're, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Shimmerwind, for coming on and talking with us. Um, yeah, no problem. Thank you. If you guys come down to Flamekeep, I'll um, introduce you to Jayla. I don't really know her at all or have the clearance, but I'm sure I, I can introduce myself and she'll be really nice. Well, I would like for all of our uh, Flamish, Flamish, Flamist? Flamist is good. Flamist listeners to have a wonderful Rebirth Eve. And as always, everyone, keep an ear out for those echoes of 